Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Great Day Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening to episode one and two. We got some special people here on episode three. Please follow us, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Great Day Pod on Instagram, Great Day Podcast on Twitter, and Great Day Podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate if you guys would log on and give us a listen. We got some good stuff for you. This week, we are bringing on one of our good buddies, Oklahoma golfer Austin Eckrote. Um, recently shot a course record, 61 at Oak Tree National, which is unheard of. Um, so he's going to join us later on. We're going to have a pretty full interview with him. Right now, we're going to spit some sports at you. I'm here with my buddy Sam Humphreys. We brought along Brad Dalkey. So, What's going on, everybody? We're just sitting here, and it's another great day to have a great day. And today, I, uh, I'm bringing on a special guest who just walked in the door, and then he... Uh, I said, hey, just hop on the podcast with us, and um, it's my buddy Brad Dalkey, who, uh, if you've ever heard that name, it's probably because he played in uh, Masters and finished second in the USAM, so he's no slouch himself, so let's introduce the man, Brad Dalkey. What's up, Brad? Not much, bro. Um, yeah, super excited to be on the podcast tonight. Uh, just kind of happened out of nowhere, like five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, but, um, nice preparation, right? Yeah, exactly. He told um, us that Augusta wasn't in very good shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did not say that, or else I might not be invited back yeah. in the future. Um, but no, I'm super excited to talk some sports with y'all, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Let's yeah, let's it. kick it off with a few of the golf tournaments that have been going on. We got some sports back in our life, a little bit of normalcy, no fans, no grandstands. Saw some weird shots because of no grandstands, but Sam, kick us off with the Charles Schwab. I mean, I liked it. First of all, it's great to have golf back, great to have sports Absolutely. back. Um, you know, I, I kind of like the no fans. It feels like just these guys going out and playing around their club a little bit. You know, a little bit more normal than normal. <laughs> normal <laughs> than normal. <laughs> Faster, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, everything. And so... Faster play, for sure. You know, yeah. like... I, Big fan of the that. The thing that I saw is I figured... I, I was I was wanting to see someone win the tournament, but it seemed like no one was trying to win the tournament there for a while. Saw some brutal lip outs. Yeah. I thought Xander had it in the bag. If you would have... If I would have bet Vegas through about 14 or 15 holes, I would have put the house on Xander and then... Had a couple bad breaks, um, and then playoff, Morikawa, who never, ever, ever misses a cut. Tiger-esque. Yeah, I'm so tired of I you comparing that. him to Tiger. Like, nobody, he's Tiger-esque. Yeah, he's nobody never going to miss a tiger. cut. So he's 23 years old. He just made his 21st consecutive cut made on tour, starting from when he turned pro, which is ridiculous. Hasn't missed one. He's a ball-striking machine. Um, after Xander had a couple bad breaks and missed out, I thought Morikawa had it in the bag, but uh, Daniel Berger comes out on top. Daniel Berger, and then he, obviously he's a grinder. We're taping this after the RBC, but I mean, he came back at the RBC and has some great things that we're going to talk about later. But yeah, as far sure. as Morikawa goes, Brad, I mean, you got to tell us. I mean, you've had to have played with him growing up. Like, it, you guys are almost the same age. Just tell us a little bit about Morikawa's game. Yeah, man, he. Uh I played with him probably. I played with him a lot in junior golf, and then a couple times in college. We were on the uh, Arnold Palmer Cup team together in France, and yep. golly, that dude just—I've never seen him miss a shot like ever. It's <laughs> it's stupid how good he hits the ball. Um, I mean, every shot's like a one-yard cut every time. It's like just a machine. <laughs> yeah, and it's, that's no surprise why he doesn't miss cuts because right. I mean, if you hit a one-yard cut every time, yeah, just right where you want it, it's not you know 
hit every fairway, hit every green. Exactly. One putt a couple times, and you're making a cut. So, I mean, he's so impressive. And I think it's crazy just because he's in that same, you know, kind of class of three with uh, Wolf and Hovland. Obviously, those two guys are so good. But he was kind of like the, the under-the-radar guy out of them. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's won a tournament like they have, and he's right. played more consistently, you yeah. know, way better than them. So, it's kind of crazy how he's kind of like – gotten up a little bit you know in front of them a little bit so yeah no doubt so one of the bigger stories no pun intended <laughs> from the Charles Schwab is Bryson DeChambeau who I was telling Sam earlier it's somebody that for some reason I just hate so much <laughs> but he's gotten so much attention and so much like negative vibes that it's like I'm kind of pulling for him now because everybody hates him but he's just absolutely bombing the ball he decided to hit it longer and, and play better, and he is, which is so impressive. But uh, what do you got for I me mean, on Bryson? I thought, dude, I thought we weren't going to talk about long gone summer until we got to baseball. I but know. I feel like this man Jesus. might be on some steroids over there. But, yeah. no, I mean, if honestly, He's though, if anyone was smart enough to cheat the system, it would be Bryson. But, seriously, no, this he just started eating everything, apparently, and he is bombing the ball. Yeah. like Six it, protein it, shakes a day. What was it like his average drive was over, like, 340? Like, Something like like that. This man is on a different planet right now. Well, that's what I was watching, and they were like, oh, where is he lined up? What's he going to do with this? And and bombs it down the middle of the fairway, a line that nobody <laughs> took. And, like, even Justin Rose, I think, played with him one day, and he was – and Justin Rose does not hit it short. And he was like, yeah, I hit a few, and I was – 40 behind him. So, you know, if you're 40 ahead of somebody, the course is going to play different. That's what uh, Dustin Johnson showed us that early on in his career. I don't think he cares as much as Bryson cares. What, <laughs> so, what do you, <laughs> you, what see do you that, think about but, Bryson, Brad? I actually know Bryson pretty well, too. Um, we played, like, a couple amateur tournaments together and some practice rounds. Yeah. Uh, and at the Valero Open, when I played there as an amateur, I was in college. Um I was on the range with him and stuff, and we were. I was just watching him at balls, and it's just he's also a machine. Like you know, same obviously his swing's kind of different than everyone else, but he's yeah. just a machine at it. And um, but I've gotten to know him pretty well. Obviously, wasn't as jacked back then. I haven't <laughs> seen him in a while, but you know, than yeah. on TV. But um, but actually, it's a funny story because I actually was on the range with him. I was like, can I try your clubs out? I'm telling you, because obviously it has the same length. Yeah, grips, and it is the weirdest feeling club <laughs> you'll ever feel in your Hitting hands. Hitting a wedge, seven. Oh yeah. length. my gosh! Well, that's what like, they're, they're pretty straight nuts. up, aren't they? Yeah, I, I was set up to yeah. it, and the toe is like, uh, like pointed <laughs> to the sky. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you hit these? Yeah, and he's like, like this, and just hit one. And like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, exactly right. But and then he gets a bad rep, and I kind of, you know. I guess I kind of understand it because he's a different cat, but he's actually a really good dude. If you well, that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, no, I mean, I'm not, you know, doing whatever, but like, he's a really good dude, and I'm glad to see him have success. But yeah, God, no he doubt. has, he has gotten beefy. Well, that's why you see him on the putting green. Like, I'm just scrolling through Twitter, yeah. you know, typical sports fan, and you see him the first day of the tournament. And he's got like a full computer set up on the green, doing whatever he's doing, and then the next day you come back and he's putting like along a two by four. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, the man is a machine. He's I mean, a machine. Yeah. He's, he's a scientist. He's a mad scientist. He's a hey, scientist. Whatever you have to do to make that money <laughs> yeah, I know. and get, the, get those top tens and those yeah. wins. So I was about to say, yeah. that's kind of my thing is what I said to, to start the podcast is like, I didn't mean that I hated him, but like, it's like he does all this, like, just different stuff. And you're like, man, this guy's doing way too much. But how can you argue with somebody that's making as much money as him and as successful yeah. as he's being? It's like, 
uh, you got to learn to appreciate it. So I, I've kind of enjoyed watching him because it's like everybody's kind of, so to speak, quote unquote, against him. And he's just out there beating yeah. the golf course. Like, yeah. And I mean, I feel like a lot of the things he does are just to give himself in a mental state being like, I have an advantage on the other guys. Right. And, yeah. and you know, like sports I, I, are I, weird about yeah. that, man. Is that whatever gives you confidence is whatever yeah, makes you exactly. go. And you know who else has a bunch of confidence is Daniel Berger going yes. into going into the RBC. So yeah. talk about another guy that with an unorthodox swing that just I mean, he's a grinder. He just scores. Like yeah. he's a gamer. Yeah, he's a gamer. Yeah. He's a gamer. Xander, another machine, another good finish. Um, so moving on from the Charles Schwab, um, Berger won that, and then we go into uh, the next week. Got the RBC. Um, what do you got for us there? I mean, you know, Webb Simpson is the sneakiest pure golfer of all time. The sneaky, he's sneaky pure, he's sneaky fat. <laughs> like, yeah. So tell me the t- give me your thoughts I love on. It. Tell me your thoughts on Hall of Fame Webb Simpson. Because, I, I again, I'm a big Twitter guy. I was scrolling through Twitter, saw some, some – I think – I can't remember if it was No Laying Up or somebody was tweeting about is Webb Simpson in the Hall of Fame. And then I saw somebody – you probably saw me tweet about it. Somebody compared him to John Rahman, Justin Thomas. And I was like, wait, 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 whoa. Yeah. I was like, But he, he has another major. He has a great resume. But my One thing is – One more major than Rom, the same amount as JT. He does. I think my thing with Hall of Fame is you got to at least win two majors to be Hall of Fame. I think so, too. And I think you have to have double-digit wins, which, again, I'm not the person making those decisions. Yeah. But he's also won a player, so. He has. Which Which is like another major. Which is kind of, you know, it's like half major. That's a good point. That's a good point. In my my opinion, I think he's Hall of Fame already. You think so? I think so. And every time you see somebody, you know, talk about ranking somebody, it's like, What's the quality of tournaments that they've won? Well, the players' tournament is always compared to, okay, how strong is this field? And you always see stats like, quote-unquote, this is the strongest field since such-and-such players. It's because it's an invitational. Everybody plays in the players. So it's – I mean, it's a major outside of the majors because you got the top field there. So I just love Webb Simpson because he gives everybody that has ever had the yips hope. Because that <laughs> yeah, man right. has putted all sorts of different ways and figures out a way to get right. in the hole. And this week he was rolling his pill, dude. He yeah. was making everything. He's won the waste management. He's won the waste management with a ton of fans there. That, again, not that's not caliber of players or majors, but waste management's up there. It's that's a strong it's, field. Yeah. yeah, it's a strong field. So now, let's no, let's he's a great player. On to this RBC a little bit though, Brad. Like I'm sure you've played a little golf with Abe Answer before. I mean, I, I'm sure mm. you know him a little bit. Caleb, I mean, Caleb, you you were telling me, I mean, so he, I, he hit 18. I was just watching the last day. It's just, it, it's some of these tournaments that get so deep, it's a little bit disheartening with how good of a round you just played. So just some stats to throw at you guys, and I'm sure everybody's seen it. Abe Answer was 65 of 72 on the week greens hit. Like, I mean, that's just, that's, that's kind of a numbers. silly stat. And, and the Especially last, at the RBC with the smallest greens right. at Hilton Head. Right, I mean, exactly. And so crazy. I th- I think he shoots 66 bogey-free, web shot 64 the final round to win. But, I mean, if you were watching on Sunday, Abe didn't miss a shot. Literally didn't miss a shot. Literally at all. And the only shot that he probably wants back is the approach on 18. He gives himself 30 feet for birdie to tie the lead. And he probably wishes he had 10 or 12. But, I mean. Brad, tell us a little bit about his game. I mean, I've only played with him, like, probably two times. Yeah. Um, But both times. I mean, he just – he's kind of like – 
I mean, like I've been, I feel like I've been telling everyone is a machine right now, but yeah, like he's kind of good a machine. golfers are machines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But um, no, he's just it's just his swing is kind of unorthodox too. Yeah. Um, you know, he gets super high at the top, kind of just drops it down. It's maybe it's a little squeeze cut every time. Yeah. And um, and he's sneaky. Like he doesn't really get much appreciation for appreciation for it, but he putts it so good. Yeah. Like you know those putters that you just see them rolled off their yeah. face and it's just like, like it's just good. spiral yeah, showcase. Just, yeah, exactly. And that's him yeah. every time. And it's just I mean, did I really think that he'd be like I wouldn't say dominating, but he's get he's a top ten machine I mean, in the yeah. last yeah. year and a half. For yeah. sure. When I say that that about him five years ago, no, I don't even think you know, maybe even Coach Hibble. I know you, he might not yeah. have said that. Like, yeah. he might, who knows? That's what, but what like, I've always, I saw a, like a stat or an article or sometime th- uh, about him that made me appreciate him is that uh, for the first couple of years on tour, I don't think he took like a club sponsorship. Like, he was just playing with what he had in his bag because he felt comfortable with it. I was like, and what he said, and I saw in a quote is like, hey, I'm making up the money that I'm losing on sponsorship versus like what I'm finishing in the tournaments. And that's pretty respectable. He's like, yeah. man, I'm going to play with what I'm comfortable with. It's like usually it's like, hey, what logo can I throw on my shirt somewhere to get yeah. a little extra cash? Like, yeah. And that's and that's kind of who if you, talk, if you talk to him, like just have a conversation with him, that's who he is. Like he's a really like humble dude, like down to earth. Mm-hmm. He isn't like he just – not necessarily cares about the money. He just likes to have fun and play golf. And I don't know. It's just, it's, he's a really good dude. I'm super happy for him. He's doing so well. Shout it's out so to awesome. Sooner. He's putting out some golf. I know. Boomer Sooner. Yeah. We're getting, it makes we're me getting happy. to some pokes later, but we're here <laughs> yeah. talking about the Sooner. I mean, it we're must all be Sooners here. That's everyone, always yeah. Said, yeah, everyone always says something in the water, but I mean, I think it might be his tequila. <laughs> tequila. Yeah, he said it's, he, did you hear the interview with him? He said it's hangover list tequila. <laughs> yeah, we might have to try that. Shout out, out Max Homa. <laughs> Max, if you're listening, Casablancas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, also talking about that RBC, you know, Berger last week obviously won the Charles Schwab and then made a little run at it at the end, chipping in on 17 where everyone was hitting it right, long right on that hole, and he chips in to give himself a chance at the end. I mean, yeah, I was pumped. I, I think me and you were texting about I mean, it maybe. Balling. It was like, man, is he about to go back-to-back? I thought he may have had a shot. Um, he just knows how to get the ball in the hole. And then, and we hey, we have to talk about Terrell Hatton. Yes. So TV I, superstar. Yes. Get that guy mic'd up. Get a camera on him. <laughs> um, he's got the famous video on Twitter that you've seen where he asks his caddy, he's like, is there a worse shot that you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> caddy doesn't answer, and he goes, no. Tell me, is there a worse shot you've ever seen in your life? And it wasn't that bad of a shot. But, no, I'm, I'm watching on Sunday, and he's uh, before, it got, before it got called because of weather, he's standing over a putt. It's probably a four-footer. Horn blows, and he just throws an absolute fit. <laughs> I did. I was watching with the sound off because I was at I've a wedding. I've never seen someone more pissed. Yeah, and he takes his putter over his head, and he looks up in the sky, <laughs> and he's shaking his head and laughing. He's just hilarious. He's just must-see TV, but also another great golfer that's in the mix a lot. And then there were some other dudes up there that are name brands. I mean, you got JT up there. Yeah. JT played well. And I think JT shot eight or nine under his final round, and I, he actually tied the lead before we had a weather break. So yeah. JT, another machine, just and then obviously huge talent. Yeah, Brooks. Getting to Brooks a little bit. Which, well, I mean, yeah, moving on, talking about uh, Brooks, moving on to the Travelers this week. You got Brooks Kepka withdraws because his caddy tests positive for COVID, which, you know, respect for him pulling out of the tournament. I know it's a sensitive issue with everybody. It's tough to figure out what you want to do. I know he wants to play, but 
again, if he plays, does the tournament shut down? Nobody knows what's going to happen. And then even a bigger story on that, talking about Brooks's little brother, Chase, um, he just Monday qualified into the Travelers this week, and he had to pull out, withdraw because of Brooks's caddy testing positive, which respect to them for those decisions. But, um, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, what do you do in that situation? It's like, hey, is the tour going to shut the tournament down? Are we going to keep playing? And, you know, as tough as golf is, he Monday cues in and, you know, who knows what his career is going to be. We were talking about this earlier, Sam. is like, know, like he's one of the best dudes out there. I've only met him a couple times. But, you know, he's been, been through the whole ringer of – all the mini tours that go into Europe, like everything. And he's played in a couple PGA Tour events, but he, he Monday's into this Travelers event. And um, hopefully the tour will do the right thing and give him another opportunity yeah. um, to play on play in a PGA Tour event because, I mean, it, that's just really hard when you don't even have the virus and, right. and you have yeah, to withdraw. Test negative. Yeah, yeah, withdraw because of the caddy. But um, – I think that I think that he's going to get a sponsor's invite to one of the next few tournaments yeah. coming up, which again is a tough decision on the PGA Tours because you know, there's so many guys things, in golf. Yeah. It's like who deserves to be in the tournament, but yeah. that's I what mean, what's crazy is what we were talking about earlier. Golf versus every other sport is like you could have your five best days of your entire career. Say you Monday queue, you know, into an event, and then you play your best golf for four days and win. You know, your life's completely right. different than if I wake up in the morning and play my best basketball in the world, I'm not going to beat yeah. Kevin Durant or LeBron get James. Hot like, in the right yeah. weeks. And I mean, it, it's just one of those things where um, obviously everything is variable with this COVID disease. And so um, hopefully he will get another opportunity. I can't wait to see what he does with it. Yeah, I think he did the right so, thing. Yeah, anyways, speaking of, speaking of some. COVID and some sports, the NBA playoffs are back. Obviously, we talked about it on the last pod, but right. we got some new things to talk about with it. Caleb, hit us off a little bit. So, the LA Lakers are still my favorite to win it. Um, Same, especially now that they're about to get JR. Right. Shooter, shoot, baby. JR Smith. <laughs> Smith. <laughs> but um, so, one of the bigger stories is, is Avery Bradley deciding to um, sit out of the NBA playoffs. Well, I say playoffs. I get, what do they play? Eight, eight games. games. So, yep. they're going to play eight games in the playoffs. So, obviously, they're going to be in. But Avery Bradley's sitting out. He's been taking some heat. Um, on Twitter from some people that don't understand the situation. So kind of give us a little uh, lowdown on what he's going through right now. Yeah, I don't think that people understand that his son has a respiratory issue, and um, that's why he's deciding to not play in these playoffs, uh, obviously because of COVID. And um, I think it's the right decision. I I feel like everyone um, has the right to their own decision, especially when everything is – um, as in limbo as it is, and um, especially when you don't, we don't know that much about uh, COVID yet. And um, I think it's smart for him and his family to sit out. But as far as just basketball goes, um, the Lakers are going to have to fill that roster spot, and it's going to be maybe maybe J.R. Smith. Smith. And so I'm eligible for some corner threes. <laughs> hey, I saw Mike Miller. He he was yeah. one in. He was one that spot. <laughs> Mike too. Miller tweeted at LeBron James. He said, "Ooh, you got a spot open," which 
I don't know. Did you see the video of Mike Miller? Um, he was at Memphis playing one on one with those that guys. Dude. Dude. Oh my god, Mike Miller! Well, that just shows you the separation. When I saw that video, I thought it was some random, some random dude, some yeah. random white dude, just like schooling these guys. I'm like, who is this dude? Yeah. And they turn around, I was like that's Mike Miller. Oh, it's Mike Miller. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh my god. He has a strat. What's cra- what was so funny is I my obviously my dad's a big basketball guy. He's a coach, so. We were at lunch on Sunday after church, and I'm showing him this video. He's like, he's just using triple threat, regular moves. Like, <laughs> he's just that good. Like, that just shows you the separation between college and pros that not a whole lot of people that follow sports closely understand. But, yeah, Mike Miller's the dude. Yeah. And I know he's LeBron's dude. But it looks like just going off of Twitter, I saw a Woj bomb that said – uh J.R. Smith, which we love Woj bombs. That's what we live for. Absolutely. But saw that J.R. Smith was the top prospect to fill that spot. I hope that happens because I love watching J.R. Smith play basketball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's already done enough for this month. So, uh, obviously, with the with – Somebody the dude, broke the, his window. <laughs> <laughs> broke his window, and y'all can look that up on Twitter. But, I, I, I mean, I think the kid got what he deserved. But um, last time we were on the pod, Caleb, we were talking about we might go watch the Skins League tonight, and it was supposed to be Terrence Ferguson and uh, Trey Young, and there were a bunch yes. of other dudes. Um, ended up not being able to get a spot in that gym that night to go watch them. Um, but talk a little bit about uh, the Skins League, and obviously then we'll lead into a little bit of uh, Terrence Ferguson and leading into the Thunder. But yeah, so, um, yeah, that night that Trey Young was going to play in the Skins League, we didn't get a spot. It's too long of a line, but I decided that I want to go check it out. I'm a huge Hoops fan, and um, so I went the next week, and uh, Skins League brought Buddy Heald in. Again, shout out the Sooners. Sorry, Austin. But, um, yeah, Buddy Hill comes in, and it, it was so entertaining to watch, man. What what people don't understand is, like, yeah, he's a pro, and, and he's obviously, like, separated himself from the college talent. And, obviously, uh, Daquan Jeffries was there. He's yep. an old Santa Fe guy, played at Tulsa. Shout out Tulsa. Yep. Um, and then he, he got on a squad. I, th- I, I think he's either on a, a practice squad or a D-league team somewhere. Yep. But So him and Buddy Hill were going back and forth. And, dude, Buddy Hill is just, again uh, – just an absolute machine. Buddy like, Buckets. Yeah, Buddy Buckets. I, I think – and I don't know the exact stats, but I think he hit 11 or 12 threes in the game. <laughs> and they're, they're playing 20-minute running clocks, um, two 20-minute halves. and Just he, pulling up from everywhere yeah, he, in the gym range. Well, and it was like not open shots. Like they were corralling him, and he's just, you know, dribble, dribble, shoot. Nobody can stop him. So it was really fun to watch. It's, it's a super small gym, so it's a cool atmosphere. It's some of those like videos – What's it called again? What's it called? Um, it's the hive it's the hive in Edmond yeah so similar to like some of those videos that you see at like the Drew League or like Rucker Park where it's like everybody around the court just watching hoops so it was it was cool to see it was fun to watch buddy OU guy go off Um, but and then we were talking about the the day we did our other podcast we were talking about kind of being excited to go watch Terrence Ferguson but I think the Thunder kind of decided well if he gets it at this game, you know, yeah. gets the disease or gets the virus at this game, you know, like that wouldn't be good. And you see, obviously, Buddy and Trey Young, their teams aren't in the playoffs. So, right. obviously, yeah. uh, Terrence so Ferguson, he had, to pull had out. A, yeah. he had to pull out because of, obviously, the playoffs and everything going on. But, um, but you know, like I, I feel like um, the Thunder, as far as the – as far as back to the – off the skins league, back to the playoffs, I feel like the Thunder – are super 
ready to make a run. Yeah. And I've convinced myself. They're dangerous. I've, They're I've dangerous. convinced myself. We are on the range today. Brad goes, hey, the Thunder signed Lou Dort, extended Lou Dort. <laughs> yes. I go, let's go. Lou Dort's no. a baller, hey. man. They just signed him to hey. a multi-year contract today. Shout out to him. That I mean, I'm sure that was a great moment for him and his family and his life. Um, he's a baller, dude. He's a gamer, and, and he's kind of a hard-nosed dude. What, hey, what, what's your nickname for him? Oh, what did I call him <laughs> The earlier? ultimate try-hard. Yeah, yes. I was like, <laughs> you you were like, hey, what? how would you describe Lou Dort? And I was like, man, I don't know. He's obviously super athletic, great basketball player. I was like, you know, he's just the ultimate tryhard. I was like, before I knew who he was, I was like, dude, who's this dude going so hard in the games and like going on a hundred at yeah, all Yeah, he's just trying to get a contract, dude. He's he's, he's like, like a little Westbrook out there, man. Yeah, he's, he's just yes. all the time, just hard as he Westbrook. can. Six three, two fifteen, I think when we looked him up earlier, but yeah. like he's not necessarily known as a shooter, but he came in, hit open threes. Which I'm not going to talk about Andre Roberson. Like, <laughs> when's he coming back? I, I don't know. He hasn't played in like eight years. So <laughs> yeah, no. So. I don't know, but he's a good defensive player too. Yeah, like he is. Wh- whenever they've put Lou Dort in the game, they put him on whoever the the best offensive guy yeah. is, and he's stout. You know, he's strong, plays good defense. Like you said, he goes hard. So no, I think it's a huge pickup for the Thunder. And and like I said, they're obviously not a favorite to win it, but. But, I said this like last I was time. Saying, hey, nobody wants to play them. Hey, I'm convincing myself every yeah, single I'm biased. day. Yeah. I, hey, no one's gonna be ready. It's and the Thunder's time. It's Corona 2020. And, Anything can happen. And old man Chris Paul has had a lot of time he, to rest. I know he a has. Lot You're of right. Time to rest. Hey, fresh knees, fresh, fresh knees. knees. Hey, I mean, it's <laughs> dangerous. He's another gamer. He's another gamer. He's yeah. been playing. I mean, this year, this season, whenever before it ended, he was playing. Out of his mind, dude. I mean, we, we how talk, old is he now? He's. I don't. Know. I have I'll no have idea. We got to look that up. I mean, the up. fact that he's playing this good when he's. I mean, everyone. Well, thought, I know it's rook, his rookie season was in Oklahoma City yeah. with the Oklahoma City Hornets I mean, in 2008. Yeah, when, yeah. Whenever we, whenever we got him, and I was, I was thinking like, oh gosh, it's gonna. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was he's, like, he's 35. He's, yeah, yeah, I mean. Dude, it's I, was, I was thinking years old. This, this, he's going to be one of these guys who I was, was a great player in the past. Yeah, I was hoping they'd get rid of his contract too, and now he's. It's he been a, he's leading the team. It, leading yeah. the team the I mean, it's veteran. unbelievable. I love to see it, though. I love, I love to, to see it. It's been a pleasant I'm, surprise. Hey, I'm convinced myself every day that That's what, the Thunder are going to win it all. I'm telling you, nobody wants to play them. They're going to win it all, and yeah. they're not going to have the parade. It's going to be pure Oklahoma City style. Yeah. No parade because of COVID, and it's yeah. just going to be – the I, it's it's gonna be awesome. I'm and this, looking and, forward to it. And if it happens, which I'm crossing my fingers, it'll be the first time that in like my living memory, I will have one of my favorite teams win a championship. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem with being and a Cowboys fan, Brad. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, they, hey, the Eagles are great. The and, Eagles are great. And, and kind of a Sooners fan because we keep we keep just. Yeah. Yeah. Bad, we love that top playoff. four. We <laughs> love that love, top love that, four. Love that playoff. Uh, <laughs> hey, so also last thing on the NBA. Um, we were talking about this earlier with the quarantine and they're putting everybody in a bubble uh, for the NBA playoffs and the eight games and whatever. So you put everybody in a bubble. One person gets it. What happens? What happens? Well, in that, I don't know if like our family is allowed to come. If somebody from the family tests positive, they're all staying in hotels. What happens? We're, we're just in a weird time, man, because you got to be safe. Like, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm crossing my fingers. I hope for the best that everything goes smooth and they get to play all the games because yeah. us as sports fans wants want to watch it. Right. So, I mean, hey, I, we'll just hope, I just hope I just I hope we don't get in a situation where 
say you're in the second or third round of the playoffs, yeah. right? And one team somehow gets it and the other team doesn't. Yeah, I mean, similar to ruined. what we were just talking about with the Travelers Championship yeah. this week. It's like uh, a few people get it. None of the players get it. Well, I guess Cameron Champ tested positive. He withdrew. Yeah. Couple caddies test positive. Those players withdraw. It's like, are the teams gonna have to pull out? You you don't know what's gonna happen. So it's yeah, it's it's kind of weird. So you know, moving on from basketball, let's talk about some more sports. Uh, recent thirty for thirty, long gone summer. Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Cardinals, Cubs. That season, um, and my childhood. Yeah, we spoke That's on earlier. Childhood. It's our childhood, and and I tweeted about it earlier this week. I was like. Man, did Sammy Sosa and, and Mark McGuire save baseball? And I think so. Absolutely. What sucks is, you know, the whole steroid era came out. And, you know, those get those guys get dinged for that. But, like, that season was so fun to watch. And, like, I just remember, like, me, me and my family, like, our family vacations growing up, we went and toured Major League Baseball parks. That's what we right. did. We, we, we would go to Cleveland. We would go to St. Louis. We would go, you know, out to the West Coast, East Coast. And we go to all these all – these, games and we saw mcguire and sosa at bush stadium it was in august somewhere and i'd have to look up the exacts but both of them hit two jacks that game it was like 32 and 33 and 29 and 30 and it was <laughs> like cool. it was the coolest thing that i've ever seen That's awesome. so you know it, it was really it was a pleasant you know pleasant surprise to watch that and, yeah and, I, but you know like I hate the black eye that they get on that but this is just my opinion and this might be unpopular but i feel like those guys get black eyes. They would have been the best players whether they were if there were exactly. no steroids, they still would have been the best players in my opinion. Similar I feel like to it was one of those things that you had to do. And back on the McGuire subject, like me and a family member were watching it uh in that th- that 30 for 30 and his rookie year he had like what like 48 or 49 yeah. home runs. Yeah. It's like I mean, sure he might have been on roids that year, but probably not. I mean, just watching it, he probably wasn't and the fact that he had that many home runs his rookie year and he, I mean, he, he didn't even look like he was on roids at all. He was scrawny yeah. compared yeah. to what he was, you know, right. later in his career. I mean, to, to think that he wouldn't be like a home run king, but like by his, you know, tenth or fifteenth year, like, yeah, come on. So, I well, mean, it's he, similar to like Barry Bonds. It's like, is he in the Hall of Fame? Is he not in the Hall of Fame? Greatest player to ever if, play the game. If you opinion. ask me, Barry Bonds is absolutely in the Hall of Fame. I go back and forth with people on this. Like, he's one of the greatest hitters to ever play. Like, yes, it sucks that he's on steroids and. I wish he wasn't, but think about, like, all the variables that go around. It's like, hey, do you want to get this contract? Do you want to get this crown track? Like, and do yeah. you really think those guys would only hit, like, 10 home runs a year? No. Yeah, on steroids? Exactly. Like, they yeah. would have still bombed it. So, yeah. like. Yeah. So, like, it's, just, it's just one of those asterisk question mark subjects. But like, and, like, I was talking with Caleb earlier. It, it's like, when I was younger and, say, I was 10 and he was 13, we would not have been just – talking about the NBA all the time. We would have been talking about baseball. Yeah, we like, talked that about was, baseball. That was the biggest sport Barry to Bonds, me when I was growing Mark up. Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, King Derek Griffey. Jeter, A-Rod. And A-Rod, yeah. A-Rod, we're talking about – you were talking about – A-Rod was A-Rod one – he was the, the greatest player in the league, yeah. And A-Rod, I don't feel like did it until later in his career. And, like, it's just a shame. But at the same time, like, I feel like they had to. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. But, I mean, with that much money at play and – you know, the yeah. fact that one bad year can 
ruin your ruin whole, your career. Yeah, yeah, ruin everything. I That's mean, what like, we're not condoning it. We're just condoning. like it goes like back you, to like yeah, I think they saved baseball. Like it's yeah. what real life was. Exactly. Think about all the owners and fans and organizations and even businesses that made money off of the hype that these guys were bringing around. Like it's like. Yeah, you know and, what can I mean, you say A-Rod's about A Rod's dating J Lo now too. Exactly. So like, I mean, I think he did some right things in his. Career. It kind of goes back. Did y'all watch Neil Armstrong. It's kind of yeah. off topic. Y'all I haven't watch watched Neil it Armstrong? yet. I heard you the watch astronaut. It. You mean Lance Armstrong? <laughs> oh, oh my God! We're good. We're good. Don't redo it. Don't redo it. Lance Neil Armstrong. Wow. <laughs> One small step for man. Yeah, Neil Armstrong did steroids too. It's how he got the moon. He did too. Like, how did he get there? <laughs> no way you could jump that high without doing roids, man. Oh, yeah. that's Lance great. Armstrong. No, me and my buddies what were, were talking about. What you to say about Lance Armstrong, though? Well, well Lance Armstrong, like, he was saying he did all the, the you know, PDs whenever he did yeah. all that because everyone was doing it, and that's how you had to, like, stay, <laughs> stop laughing like that. <laughs> Hey, but, what I was saying the other day is, like, geez. think about all of the Lance Armstrong, like, bracelets. I had one, the little yellow bracelets. What'd they say on it? No, like, it said Live Strong. Strong. Yeah. Live Strong, yeah. Like, I was talking to someone about that Can the you other imagine day. the money that he made off no, of those? No, Unbelievable. That, what? No, but he also made it for testicular cancer. I was talking yeah. to that, like, on a more serious subject, like... Yeah, the guy might Shout be, out, Sam. He yeah. beat cancer. Hey, hey, Shout hey, out, Sam. Let's go. No, no, but, like, for real, like, he... Like, did so many – he might be a jerk. He might be cocky. He might That's be all this stuff. I haven't watched it yet, but no, I heard that he's an absolute yeah, sociopath. Yeah, yeah, he is. But what I'm saying is even him, like, as far as the steroids, like, yeah, there was a bad side to it. But, like, as far as Lance Armstrong, <laughs> the first Lance. thing – Yeah, the first Lance. thing – The number one thing that he did was he did so many good things for testicular cancer. And, yeah. like – um, for sure. It, honestly, like the research and everything, so that, you definitely got to watch that. And, Andy hardly made a dime off all that no, stuff yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. All, and that, that was great. But like, but what I was saying is like, it's like <laughs> he did these steroids to keep up with the competition because everyone yeah. was doing it. No, yeah, yeah. and that might exactly. have been the same with baseball. No, like, there it, might have been guys was. who were lesser known that were doing the same thing. It's like you got to keep up with the. And like I said, we're not condoning it, but it's yeah, like, like it was just part of the pressure yeah. situation. That was just part of yeah. sports back then, more than it is now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so boys, you want to you want to talk about your uh, little Cowboys situation over there? You talking about America's team? <laughs> it's not the Cowboys, it's America's team. Hey, America's we're not talking team. about the Patriots. <laughs> we refer to them as America's team. <laughs> um, hopefully, we pick up Jamal Adams. Yes. You know, I, I don't know. I think he wants over- to he wants to be there. And hey, I, he's uh, overrated. Oh, he's, my, oh gosh. my gosh. He's yeah. just saying that because hey. he doesn't want to play for his hey. team. Yeah. Yeah, that might be true. <laughs> I don't want to play it against me. But what I'm saying is, I mean, he's he's good on a Carson Wentz is so good. Hey, hey, we got two other quarterbacks lined up for you. No. No, but uh, Andy hey. Dalton might start for us. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think Dak's gonna sign. Though. Yeah, he he will. I mean, I heard that Dak's gonna probably sign for thirty-one mil. Yeah, Zeke so, is quarantining. Yeah, currently, yeah. he did say that he feed him. He did feel some symptoms to the COVID. Yeah, so yeah. that that which was is new which news. I was talking to Sam about today. Like that's the first. I feel like any athlete or famous person that's gotten it. There's nothing about them. They're all like, oh, we feel he fine. Said we he said he actually like is feeling symptoms. And he said he yeah. actually felt it, but he feels fine now. But that's yeah. kind of a little different. But Man, I don't think – God, it's just – I love Dak. I think he's a smart player. I think he makes great passes, doesn't get intercepted that much. Me too. But he's just not <laughs> – I'm with you, dude. He's just not <laughs> superstar caliber, I don't feel. He's not, he's not 
worth the money he's at. Not right now, at least. It might be in a couple of years. Yeah. Right now, he's not worth the money he's I think he's everybody for. probably misses Tony Romo. Oh, yeah. absolutely. See, Romo's the GOAT. You, no, I'm serious. Oh, like, this is not, no, I'm not being no, sarcastic. No, dude, I Romo, really do. Romo, I loved Romo. I, was I did more, too. As yeah. I loved Romo. Then, I was more scared of Romo than I was it, of If Beck. Romo had the offensive line that we have now, he might have won team. MVP a couple yeah. years. Yeah, no and doubt. I mean, he, he put up MVP type of numbers. Yeah. He just like had no line, really didn't have a team. But like the team now, if you put Romo there in his prime... I mean, it, it seemed like he was not uh, worried about the Eagles. That's for sure. It seemed like his jersey <laughs> was as worn out after every game as a running back yeah, he just got yeah, or right. a linebacker or whatever it would be. Yeah, so no shout out to him. He's making cake now just yeah. doing commentating. No yeah. doubt. And but, then, I mean, I think the last thing we're going to talk about is a little bit of college football. And the thing we kind of wanted to discuss, have a little like roundtable discussion on right now is like, if there's no college football, are there going to be other college sports? And, Brad, like, you brought up a good point. Like, even at OU, I mean, I know that I've heard that OU makes a certain amount, like probably around $8 million a year or $8 million per game on football and where that money's going. Right. And, and it's going to go – it's going to disperse to all these not only academics but – to the other teams as well, such as golf and, and tennis and whatever else it may be. I mean, do you think that we can handle and, and survive a college football season not happening? No. Even I mean, at a big school like OU. Like, I, I know for a fact that a, yeah. that a smaller school wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, right. first of all, like, any program other than – Kansas is about the only program where their basketball team makes more than – their uh their football team. Well, that's yeah. what I saw. And I saw an article, and there's literally four schools. There, I think there might be five. There's four or five schools across the entire like college, you know, U.S. industry that makes more money off of a sport other than football, and it's Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, and Syracuse, mm-hmm. right. and Kentucky. I think Kentucky's the fifth. So those are you know your five top basketball schools that right. make more money than football and it's like that's a small drop in the pot yeah. com- compared to everybody else so it's like what are we going to do yeah i mean football just makes so much for each i mean they they their whole athletic department relies solely on football right yeah. and their ticket sales and television and all that and not having college football at all i mean i don't see hardly yeah. any i don't sp- see it happening i see I, maybe basketball happening yeah. just cuz yeah. they make well, money but like yeah. other than that I don't see really sports happening. Golf. I'm yeah. curious to see and what they like, do with the fans. Like, yeah, I, I want this COVID situation, which I'm trying not to be insensitive to it, but like, I want it to kind of slow down and slow down where we can have college football. It's because like, whoever the decision makers are, it's like, what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to allow fans? I know they don't know either. That's what because I know yeah. like we have season tickets and, and it's like, are they going to refund everybody for season tickets? Or are I they going to make them available for next year? Yeah, and it's like, know. what and about the if, wait list? It's it so many spring, different questions. If you move it to the spring, I heard I talked to someone today that made a good point: is how are you going to play if you move it to a spring sport? How are you going to play football in Michigan in February when there's a foot of snow on the ground? Right. You know, right. like yeah. it, it, it just wouldn't make any sense. It's just and tough. Like, so wear your mask, people. Yeah, we yeah. need college football. We need yeah. college football to come back and. You know, I, I heard an interesting take that if they don't let fans in, can you imagine what the tailgating is going to be like? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> would it be? Would they? No, they probably wouldn't even allow people to tailgate. I don't know if you can shut down Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you go just facts. outside the college campus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be on I, hey, we're going to be lined up on I-35 <laughs> tailgating. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see. This, this and, COVID stuff so and, crazy. And then the other it's point wild. I wanted to make about it was, like, if you're a school and, say, you're whoever, OU, and they're playing at Washington, are you really going to go from OU, like, at, in Oklahoma to go play in Washington where it's a more, like, hotbed for the – Right, for the yeah. coronavirus. It's just so I many mean, different questions, and, man. And then can they even play? I know that some schools are going all online. Can you even play with – it's just so many un- unanswered yeah. questions. And there's, just, there's just no way that many guys together, you know, locker room. Are they going to stay eligible together. taking yeah. online classes? No, that's yeah, true. That's, that's another point. That's another point. And, yeah. But, yeah. Like, but, like, that many guys in one small area, like, I mean, PJ Tour, they're all pretty scattered for the yeah, most right, part. And right. there's already been – not that many cases, but enough to where they're almost thinking about probably, not probably, but possibly cancel the PGA Tour. Yeah. Like, imagine one team, you know, they get 20 in one week. Right. Like, is that team just going to drop well, that, out? Well, I think, yeah. like, the, the original, I mean, like, COVID rule, wasn't it, like, 10 people or less? So, basketball, you got 10 people, know, so you can you, play. Yeah, but then you but get teams football, like, yeah. in football, they just show up for camp and K-State has 14 guys test yeah. positive. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, if I you're working know. out and sweating next to each other and breathing yeah. on each other. You can't I mean, work out at the same time. Yeah, I mean, that's it's just – it's just. Yeah, well, that's it. when I heard an interesting take last week is um, I was at UCO, actually, and they were talking about, like, being required to wear masks during workouts. And it's like, say a kid comes in and they're working out in the weight room and he's got a mask on and, you know – Say he drops over, like, because yeah. he can't breathe because his mask. Yeah. Then you're talking about liability issues. Yeah. So, like, I feel for all the decision makers during this time because it's just so, a weird time, tough decisions. Like, yeah. what do you do? Yeah. And, and the fans, like, why can are they, they going to sue the are, university? Well, yeah. Are they yeah. allowed to say it's? We don't know if it's safe. It's not safe. Yeah. But you can come and we can make some money. Yeah. Or I think not. some like, some situations are probably different than others. I can tell you this if. It's available for OU fans to go to the games. They're going to go. There's going to be 85,000 plus <laughs> yeah, in that yeah. stadium. Yeah, but so. that's where we live. And yeah. I know that that's so different it's other different. places. Yeah. So. Yeah. Boys. It's weird. It's been a pleasure. Brad, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, I really Sam, appreciate it, fan. Brad. Walking in the door and just immediately imp- hopping on. <laughs> impromptu <laughs> conversation. What a natural. <laughs> impromptu, impromptu conversation with the boys. But what a natural. And now... I want to introduce our guest, and it's we went from Brad, who is Boomer Sooner, and now we're gonna go pistols, po- pistols firing. firing. Here Mr. comes bullet, Austin Eckrode, Mister Austin Eckrode. Let's get to it. Here's the interview. Sports in the top ten. What's Brad? And now we're welcoming on one of my best friends in the entire world, one of the best amateur golfers in the world, and the best high school player. I've ever laid eyes on Austin Ekro, and Austin is on today because he broke the course record out here at Oak Tree National, a little 61, and uh, we're going to chat a little bit about that and some golf, so what's up, Austin? What's up, Sam? Thanks for having me on. Thanks Uh, for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. So, bro, just take me through this round. So, you're out there just playing with the boys one day out at Oak Tree. And you just catch fire. So yeah, tell me, tell me everything. Tell me how the day started. Tell me everything. So um, one of my good buddies, Matt Wolf, flew into town the night before. Uh, subtle flex. Yeah, subtle uh, slight flex there. Yeah, and um, <laughs> so uh, we decided to play golf in the morning, which we never do. Right. And um, maybe afternoon I should do golfers it. only. Yeah, afternoon <laughs> golfers only. Maybe maybe I should do it more often. Um, but we teed off at nine thirty, and um, uh, we had a game of uh, just a 
friendly match between the guys and came out and I buried the first three holes and I looked over at Matt and I said, I don't know if I've ever done that before. You know? uh, <laughs> foursome out, or out foursome? That was a foursome. Who all? It was uh, me, Quade Cummings, Matt Wolf, and Nick Heinen. So Not a bad group right yeah, there. Just, just some, uh, this is the guy. Hi, uh, Nick. <laughs> Caleb says hello. What up, cute? And <laughs> we were, uh, you know, really all three birds were very stressful. I mean, they were almost happens on all of them. Yeah. And uh, looked over at Matt and said, I don't think I've ever done that before. Uh, we're the first three holes out here. I mean, I've done it in my life, but not on an oak tree because it's I mean, tough. But then I uh, then hit it to five feet on hole four. Um, made birdie there, got up and down for birdie on five. And, you know, then I started thinking about 59. I was like, oh, I mean, I have a, <laughs> I have a pretty good chance of shooting 59. Yeah. I mean, if Hard you shoot, not to. If you shoot 29 on the front at oak tree. You might be the only person to ever think about 59 uh, on oak tree. Five, yeah. On hole five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. hole five. Yeah. 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 And then I uh, made another birdie on six. And then I had two good looks on seven and eight. Yeah. Um, both were within – 12 feet, missed them, but then uh, birdie nine to shoot 29. It's not and, bad. Uh, well, seven under on the front nine. So I still thought 59 was in. Did you take a break after a nine? No, not at all. No, you went straight to 10. Uh, straight to 10. But uh, I didn't even know the course record was what it was until. I didn't either. Uh, Steve Kimmel came out and was like, how'd you play, you know? And, uh, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's not decent. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I was hoping he wouldn't come out after nine and be like, hey. Yeah, you know, yeah, he did. Yeah. And I was like, well, <laughs> actually, I shot 29. He was like, oh. Oh, he yeah, did after yeah. the front oh, nine. He came out. Nine, he yeah. came out and said, "Oh, by the way, the course record yeah, is 60. Yeah, he, yeah. And then, wow. um, so he came out and he was like, "Well, uh, I'm gonna come out and watch." Uh, yeah, just <laughs> no, no yeah, way. Yeah, so he he showed up on about 11. Oh my and gosh! Watched, watched the back nine, and I bogeyed 10. I was really thinking 50. How'd you bogey 10? What'd you do? I just hit it, you know, right of the bunkers and that the yeah. weeds. It's, yeah, just I had bogey. I hadn't hit a three wood yet all day. Yeah. I had just been hitting the driver great, and I hit a three-wood off the tee, being an idiot, <coughs> and uh, made bogey there. And then, but then I buried 11, 12, and 13. So, so back on pace. Driving hole though, tense yeah, tough. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the if little, there's any type of wind. Yeah, especially <laughs> the downwind. You got that little freaking bunker in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> yeah. So you said you birdied 11, 12, and 13. Yeah. So, so after on after you birdied 12, and you go to the tee shot on 13. Yeah. You you're sitting there. <laughs> I mean. Like yeah. and then you go ahead and birdie thirteen. I mean, yeah. you gotta tell you gotta take me through those birdies on those holes. Like yeah. so, so, is thirteen the part three? Yeah, thirteen it's the really is the part three. The green yeah. that's like yeah, Can't five paces it. wide. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, yeah, after the, the bogey on ten, you know, it was basically the same as it was for the first nine holes. Yeah, you know, inside ten feet on all three holes. Um, <laughs> nice. Actually, not so much on on twelve. I made about a fifteen footer, but then. Um, so what are you at that point after 13 i'm nine through 13 <laughs> oh with, my God. With, with 10 birdies <laughs> oh my jesus so christ if I, you know then looking back on it you know if i don't make bogey on 10 you know the ifs but yeah you know, i would have been really staring at 59 in the face no doubt and then uh missed the green on 14 got up and down missed about a would you start getting nervous oh i was nervous at this point i was <laughs> i was nervous on about too uh, deep yeah. too deep on about <laughs> 11 or 12 and i was like man i mean <laughs> but after I made the bogey on on ten, it really kind of hurt me a little bit because I was like, man, I gotta make six more birdies now to shoot fifty nine. You know, that's so a, after that's a lot. So at that point, right there on thirteen, where were you at in the match with the other guys? Just having a little friendly match, I assume. Yeah, we were just having a little friendly game, but uh, it was funny. We were playing with Matt, and he made the joke. He's like, I mean, if, if you're gonna just, you know. Kick my ass. I mean, you might as well shoot 59. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, he's like, I, I don't want to sit here and watch you just kick my ass and shoot 65. You know, <laughs> yeah. you better shoot 59. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, 
Uh, so they had they were, they were all rooting for me at that point. You yeah. Know, at the beginning they were upset. Right. <laughs> right. But then uh, but then at that point so they then were the rooting f- for me. T shot on fifteen, probably the hardest shot on the course. Yeah. Probably I, just a little rip draw down the middle. I had a three wood. Okay. Uh, I pulled out the three wood again, okay. which was dumb. But then it's I had a, a three wood hole. It is a three wood yeah. hole. Yeah. But then I had about hit it right behind the hole. I mean, right over the flag, fifteen feet away. And thought I had a good putt, didn't go in. <laughs> and then I just made the worst par ever on 16. You made par you on 16? 16. Shot 61? Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I, bo- I bogeyed 10 and par 16. Wow. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, I had 190 yards out from the middle of the fairway. <laughs> oh, my wow. Yeah, on, a, on a par 5, yeah. Was it pin front, back? No, it was back left. And back I, left, uh, okay. Yeah. I actually chunked it and left it short of the green. <laughs> and then, so, yeah. So then you go to 17. 17. 17, I hit it long left, which for you yeah. guys, you know, that's dead. dead. Yeah, it's dead. Dead. And, um, yeah. you know, I am I had a pretty decent line. For the most part, if we would have, you know, on a normal day, I probably would have bumped it just because, yeah. you know, I'm just giving myself a good chance of making par. Yeah. But then I had, the, you know, if I flopped it, I had, you know, the risk reward was a lot higher. You know, obviously yeah. if I right. – I hit a bad one. Wait, so what was bogey. the what was the old course record again? So it was, it was it was 64 from the new tees. Okay, from the 7400 yards. Okay, but then uh, I think that was Kevin Toy and um, Scott Replank. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think it was 61 okay. or 62. I mean, yeah, 62 by Willie back when it was 6900. Gotcha. Yards. So you were chilling a little bit on the course record. Mm. Did you? You obviously knew because I knew because Steve told me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so you're chilling a little bit. So now you're just thinking 59 at that point. Yeah, I, f- I was thinking 59. But also, you know, there'd be people arguing that, you know, if I shot 62, well, I tied Willie because, yeah. you know, he, he right. technically, he did. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't, right. have, he couldn't have played it any further. So you, so you flopped it. Yeah, I flopped it, hit it to about four feet and made it. Nice. And then um, 18, it was actually kind of funny. There was a big money game in the group in front of us. Yeah. Um, we wait on them a lot, but, um, <laughs> there was course. probably 30 guys. And then, you know, Steve walks up to him and tells him what's about to happen. And so I you got about, a gallery around 18? I a little gallery. <laughs> I got, got about only 20. Only at Oak Tree. Only at Oak Tree. <laughs> I yeah. love that. I had about 20 feet for birdie. <laughs> it was the longest putt I made by far. And it, was, it was pretty <laughs> cool. Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Just can it. Yeah, so. That's legit. So, bro. Uh, I think all the people around Oklahoma are wanting to know what are your future plans? What are your plans for right now? And are you going back to school after all this is over? And so kind of tell yeah. everyone what they want to hear. Drum yeah, roll. Yeah, right now, um, yeah, this plan is to go back to school. You Let's know, go. It's, it's, go I mean, it's, it's awesome, yeah. It was one of those things where it's, um, you know, it's not the worst thing that could happen. You know, I yeah. mean, I was looking forward to turning pro this summer, but, um, you know, the wor- that's not the worst thing ever to go back to yeah. one of the best golf programs in the country. I was going to say, playing and golf at OSU isn't too bad. Yeah, and yeah. having a good chance to win a national championship again. Yeah. So yeah. How's mean, the team looking next year? We're actually we're looking really good. We've got um, – we had two All-American Pretty transfers. Usual. So really? um, we got transfer from San Diego State and a transfer from Wake Forest. Nice. So both of them are All-Americans. and um, Not too bad. <laughs> no, not cool. at all. Yeah. Then we got uh, four freshmen coming in too. So yeah. we got a big team. We're up to 13 guys. We had Wow. Um, I think it's like similar to OU. They have 15 guys this yeah. year. I mean, with everybody getting their eligibility back, and right. yeah. some guys are transferring. So there's some big. I wonder teams. if they're extending some spots and to make rosters allowed to be bigger. Also, I mean, golf is be, right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Also, golf is more popular than it's ever been. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. For a little sure. bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. So how was it playing with um, two phenoms? Obviously, Matt and and Victor have gone on to win on the PGA Tour, and you guys came through college together. 
Um, so explain kind of some similarities and differences of you guys as golfers and and maybe what your chances are to uh, kind of take your game to the level that they're at right now. Yeah, I was lucky to get, you know, those two teammates in college. Right. Um, I knew both of them before school. Cool. But, um, you know, Matt's one of my best friends. Uh, I lived with him for two years. And uh, I live with Victor now. And um, One of the coolest things, tell people about the USAM if they don't know, or US Junior M uh, back in high uh, school yeah. with Matt, about tell that yeah, story yeah. a little so, bit. So um, my, what year, that would have been right before we started um, college. Uh, me and Matt became good buddies through recruiting. Uh, we took our official visits together and stuff. So we were good buddies at that point. And at the US Junior, I won uh, the medalist stroke play section. Yeah. And um, I think he finished fourth or fifth. Where was something. this one at? This was at uh, Flint Hills. And, gotcha. And um, so he ended up, I mean, I steamrolled the guys I was playing. You know, I didn't think I was losing. I thought that for sure I was winning the US Junior. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I ended up uh, playing Matt in the quarterfinals. And it went down to 18. He beat me one up. And oh. uh, it was a it was a heartbreaker, but it was it was still fun. Um, but he didn't have a caddy that week, so I just said, hey, you want me to carry the bag the rest That's of the so time? That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I hung That's around. Yeah, we were rooming together at the tournament, too. So, I, was, I mean, he would have been staying in the hotel by himself, so I might That's as well cool. just stayed. So, that's um, one thing I always tell people about, like, if they ever ask me about Matt. I've met him a few times, you know, and then, like, obviously you I know really well. And they they always ask me what y'all are like. And I'm like, both of them are, like, the most humble people ever. Like, because, like, y'all, sometimes you get those cocky, like, kids coming up. And the right. first time I ever met Matt up in Stillwater with Ekro, like, he was the nicest he could you could ever be. You wouldn't know he was a golfer and everything. Like, and same thing I feel with Ek, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's kind of, like, I think that's cool that – you just you, like obviously he beat you, but like you knew you were gonna be boys for in college, and you were just like, let me go caddy for you. Do you need caddies? I'll tell so you, like, dude. I so always then, say yeah. there's something in the water up there because mm-hmm. you know me, and I know you too. Diehard OU fans. Yeah, I go to every home game, football game, but literally the best times of my life has been in Stillwater. Which when I was in college, I went and visited Gooch up there all the time. Yeah. So I spent a lot of my weekends up in Stillwater, and it's great. But Everybody's just so nice there. Yeah, it's like yeah. a brotherhood up yeah, there. It's, yeah, it's just people so, are so nice. So Yeah, so anyways, you you lose that match, but then you go caddy for him. Yeah, he uh, he ends up winning a semifinal match. And um, he was up four, you know, that last day is 36 holes. Yeah. Um, he was up four with, through, I want to say, 10 holes left maybe. Yeah. And he was one down with four to go. and. Uh, try to give him a little pep talk, but he wasn't having it. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, he ended up losing that match. But um, yeah, but back on the question yeah. of what they are like. Um, yeah, you know, completely different golfers. I mean, yeah. if you watch right. them, you can figure that out pretty quick. And um, completely different personalities too. But uh, you got, you know, Matt's just the bomber, super talented player. Yeah. You know, if, I mean, there's not very many guys out there. As if he's playing his best, he's he's gonna beat you. Yeah, right. and there's not anything you can do about that. A lot of people don't realize he's a great putter. Oh, like, he's an incredible putter. Yeah, uh, that's his. I mean, no one gives him credit for that. Yeah. But um, and he's kind of like the young Lee Trevino, like where you're talking about the, the personality, personality oh. wise. Like he just never shuts up, but in a um, good way. Like yeah. most of the time. <laughs> that, that's his trigger word, though. Don't ever tell him to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, I mean. For real, I mean, if he plays his best, you're not beating him. Yeah, he, he's that good. But um, and that's kind of a little different with Victor. I mean, he he's very talented, obviously, but you know, he's not, and he can't hit it as far as Matt. I mean, he still hits it far, but you know, but Victor's just so consistent. He does the same thing he every single time, and yeah. he's just 
he'll just wear you out. He'll hit all the fairways, all the greens, and just not mess up. I mean, yeah. you have to play perfect to beat Victor. Yeah. So um, both of them are incredible players, but completely different ways of doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at Matt, you watch him hit the ball, and you hear it, and you're like, oh, that dude's definitely a ball striker. But no, he just beats you on the greens. Yeah. And he'll output you every time. You got any qualifying stories about, like, being like, oh, my God. Oh, like, those two guys? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And you, you too. Yeah. Like, were you, did you ever feel like you played good and came in and just like, wow. Yeah, so there was a time me and Sam Stevens were paired together um, in qualifying. It was 45 degrees, blowing 20. And we played fun. perfect. We were the first two off the tee. I mean, we both played incredible bow shots. 71's at Carson Creek, which that's a great golf course. Yeah. And it was tough. No doubt. And we're like, if we are not winning today, I, I mean, I'm quitting. Like, <laughs> was, was just, and, and Victor came in with a 68 and Matt came in with a 67. And the next closest to us was like, I don't know, 74, 75. Yeah. I and mean, it was like. I mean, those two guys were just every single day, uh, you know, tearing it up. But as on what Caleb was saying on the, to see if I could follow in their footsteps, what yeah. was nice to know is that, you know, I could beat them. You know, yeah. those, and I wasn't, you know, playing my best through my first two years. Um, but there were some signs of some good golf. Um, but uh, they, uh, you know, I wasn't just one step behind. You know, it was just yeah. like, you know, they were finishing – top five I was finishing that 15th you know yeah. range where it was a couple you know a stroke around you know a half a stroke around here or there you're just throwing away something it wasn't it wasn't like I was far away but you know they add up in golf yeah. but um I've played with them enough to know that you know I can hang with them right and, yeah. um you know I feel like I'm making that step you know I'm currently making the step yeah. right now and ec- like th- kind of talking more about that OSU golf like I know mm-hmm. we played together at Edmund North and mm-hmm. you obviously like won the state championship as an individual at Carson Creek when you were a freshman. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was unbelievable. And then kind of like destiny, you go on as a freshman at Oklahoma state and win the team national championship. Like talk a little bit about like that experience, the team national championship up at uh, OSU and just like what that meant to you. Yeah, that was, I was, uh, I was joking around with my dad during the, uh, right before the national championship, my freshman year, I'd played, you know, the biggest event of the year for the school uh, for the last five years at Carson Creek. Because <laughs> I played state there my freshman, sophomore, and junior year. And yeah. it was supposed to be there my senior year, but yeah. it flooded, so we couldn't play. Right. Yeah. But then my freshman year. So, like, the biggest term of the year for five of, or four of the five years was at Carson Creek. So That's it was kind crazy. Of a, it was kind of a cool thing. I mean, it played completely different. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a so little much, bit harder. <laughs> so much harder. Yeah. Um, of course, it's impossible. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but – yeah, it was a really cool experience, especially with having all the fans we had out there. It was really yeah. cool. Um, but it was, uh, you know, I had a chance actually going into the last round. To, I, I mean, I was probably three, four back going yeah. into the last round to win the individual. So, I right. mean, I had a chance, and that would have been really cool to, that been cool. you know, win both. But uh, maybe maybe this one's the one coming up. Yeah, but, uh, You that probably would have turned pro then. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a good thing I didn't yeah. win it. Yeah. <laughs> My head would have gotten too big. So uh, a little bit more about that, uh, like amateur golf wise. Like, mm-hmm. so you got the summer coming up. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we're gonna get some tournaments in. Are like, are you hearing anything about the amateur tournaments and everything coming up? Yeah. So so far, the Southern Amps says they're playing. So, yeah. You know, and uh, I believe that one for sure because uh, you know Dallas is a little different than places up north right, right. now. Exactly. So um, at Merido, so I think for sure I'll be playing that one. Uh, that's second week of July, second and third week. Right. So um, Another tough course. Yeah, yeah really tough course. Yeah. And then uh, going straight from there to the Sunny Hana and right. uh, Pennsylvania. And, and so uh, those are going to be some big tournaments for you um, coming up mm-hmm. because I hear that 
there might be some new rankings because um, or new ways to get into the U.S. Open, be, like based off of rankings um, because of the whole COVID. So kind of explain people what that means. Yeah, so um, basically what it's sounding like they're going to do for the U.S. Open is they're going to allow some of the amateurs to play. Um, I think over the last few years it's been on an average about 10 to 15 guys that yeah. are amateurs get into the U.S. Open through qualifying, so they're right. going to exempt either 10 to 15 guys. They haven't announced right. it yet. It's right. supposed to be within the next couple of days. Yeah. And um, right now I'm sitting at 18th. Right. And, um, you know, I've been talking to Coach Bratton about it. He thinks I'm actually in a really good spot, even if I didn't move, because um, there's guys that are, you know, if you're a foreigner in, that, in those top rankings, you right. you're going to have to come here two weeks in advance. In quarantine. So in quarantine, yeah. and you can't practice during that time period. So there's going to be some guys that probably won't make the trip. And um, so if it's 15 guys, I'm looking pretty good. And I have yeah. a chance to move up in those rankings to secure it for sure. Right. Um, so those these uh, amateur events I'm playing in this summer, you know, I got the uh, Marido, the Southern Am, and then uh, Sunny Hana, Western Am, and USAM. So those yeah. – those are going to be so you got three tournaments pretty much that are going to go yeah. four yeah. tournaments that yeah. are going to go towards the rankings. So, yeah. Yes, yeah, right. and those, cool. those are going to be you know all the best players going to be playing in it. Oh yeah, I didn't right. even think about the USAM being before the US Open. Yeah, that, and then yeah, obviously yeah, so if you win that, you uh, get in for yeah. sure. But, yeah. Right. Um, actually, I don't know if that's true or not because um, this is the US Open was supposed to be before the USAM. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it got yeah, pushed back. Know. Because yeah. they might be an exemption to next year's US yeah. Open. Did right. you play in the deal this summer at Merida? Yeah, I played in uh, two of them out there. Nice. Yeah. How'd it, you finish? I finished fourth in the first one. Played really well. Um, only lost to uh, Will Zaltorz, Davis Riley. and Oh, actually, no, I don't think Davis Riley beat me. It was three guys that were either on the PJ Tour or on the Web.com Tour. Nice. So it was yeah. a good finish. Shout and out then, Davis Riley. Great guy. Yeah, he is a good guy. <laughs> and then I did not play so well the second time. It, oh. That golf course, I had snuck away with playing i'd played the transmiss out there college event out there and um also that first merido tournament and uh i think my high score was like 72 or 73 i mean i had snuck around that yeah. the, one of the hardest score yeah. of course i'd say i've heard that and just played great if the wind's blowing at all and i know it's really firm because i know that they're trying to have a u.s open yeah out there at some point yeah um, but, but yeah, so what I'm catching possible. from all this is Eck, just put on put Eck on one of the hardest courses and, and he's gonna he'll play dominate. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well maybe maybe, well, maybe that's it. what I need. Yeah, bro, I appreciate you coming on today. Appreciate yeah. your friendship. Appreciate everything and wish nothing but best for you, brother. Yeah, so good thanks. luck next yeah. season up there, man. Go get you a national championship. Yes, yeah, yeah, sir. Go thanks Pokes. for having me, guys. All right, yeah. Yeah. later. Bye. And that was Austin Ekro of the Oklahoma State Cowboys men's golf team. And Caleb, how gracious was he with his time and how dope of a person is Austin. And yeah. also, thank you to Brad for the impromptu conversation. That was awesome. Yeah, shout out to Brad walking in, jumping on the spot. He was a natural. And thank you, Austin, for giving us your time this week. Um, some great insight on some cool golf stories uh, such a great golfer, humble kid. Um, look forward to seeing him do great things in his future. Absolutely. And also so. with Brad, Brad is the man, and I'm looking forward to living with Brad a little bit. And so he'll be on the podcast some more. He really said he enjoyed talking a little sports and being here on the pod with us. Um, About but to go kick back in the living room and watch some Yellowstone with Brad. Yellowstone. He's waiting on us currently. <laughs> yeah, so. he's like, y'all get back in here. We need, to, <laughs> we need to figure out what happens with – we're on season two right now. we got to yeah. figure out what happens with Jamie and this whole uh, report on the yeah. in the 
newspaper or whatever. So. so go ahead and send us off, Sam. All right. Hey, God is good. All the time. And it is a great day to have a great day. Hit, Hit the, the music. music. Lord, I guess he's doing all right. And it's a great